What is happiness if everything in this world after you achieve it is just meaningless? I have a crazy amount of stories where I had a goal, I absolutely demolished that goal, and then once you reach it, it's just like now, now what? I'm not gonna name any exact names, but I had a I had a car that was one of my dream cars. Drove it, absolutely loved it. I did a deed for somebody, they gave it to me for a little while, and then as I was driving back home, because I was keeping it for a couple of days, I was just sitting there alone. I was like, this is it. I mean, I I, I drove it. My friends saw it. Everyone was like hyped about it, and yep. that's it. That's it. Something that you cannot achieve needs to be your goal, or something that you can't achieve in this world, which is why spirituality is huge. This is why the more spiritual people are happy, because they haven't reached their goal yet. Starting off, we have Amar, we have Mo. Amar, tell us a little bit about yourself, your accomplishments in this life. Mo, uh, same exact thing. Absolutely. Start it off. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us, bro. For sure. Always a pleasure, always a good time seeing you. My name is Omar. I am a real estate agent, real estate broker in the DMV area. Um, and I also run a real estate marketing agency called Refitified. Uh, I've been in the game for about five years, about half a decade now. Um, so my main things are sales and marketing. Uh, but I also believe that if you're good at marketing, you don't need to do sales. So um, that's a little bit about me and what I do. Okay. And then why should people listen to your advice on this podcast? Why should people listen? I mean, if, right. yeah, if they want to, but... Um, I feel like for someone that, you know, is an immigrant, moved to the United States at 17 years old um, and has built a six-figure business, has had several millions in sales on the real estate side of things um, at, a, at a very young age, I think I have a little bit of knowledge that I Just can a little give. Bit. Just a little bit. Being to homeboy here, huh? A little bit. I, yeah. Mo? Yeah, so my name is Mo, 19, been digital marketing for around two years. Dabbled up in a bunch of things, tried FBA, did stocks, did real estate for a little bit, um, invested. Um, yeah, I've just done a lot. But I've settled mm -hmm. on growth marketing recently. I have a digital marketing company called Digital Anomaly. Been fully focused on that. I've been doing nothing else but that. Okay, and that's good. So why should people listen to your advice? I feel like I've had a good track record, and I've had a lot of great people around me, and I've absorbed lots lots of years of experience i mean mm. i'm still in my very early stages so again take everything with a grain of salt but okay. I, I feel like i've learned a lot from people with more experience and i've just heard and seen a lot of things so okay so I could do something. you have some crazy fucking connections yeah you have some insane connections from what i heard you're just 19 years old doing things that dude when i was 19 years old i was watching youtube in my bed i wasn't yeah. doing nothing bro this is the craziest 19 year old i've ever met that's exactly what i'm trying to he, say too because he, he knows more than any senior fucking marketing advisor that i've ever met in big companies on the marketing side of things digital marketing and then also like you said like he's 19 with like insane amount of connects like his people are like 50 60 year old like millionaires to billionaires like not yeah. even kidding yeah we went to dubai together and he had me at a hotel with, one, like, I can't even mention names, but, like, some of the craziest <laughs> sorry, guys. Word. No, Who? seriously, I, I can't even say. Because, right. um, like, he wants to stay low-key, but, like, craziest <clears throat> thing, bro. And he doesn't show off either. Humble. This guy does not show off. He has him on his private story. I'm not going to say exactly what happens on his private no, story, private but some, <laughs> some very, very <laughs> the insane. The private story goes crazy. Some very insane things happen on a private that no 19-year-old is doing. Yeah. Okay. And for anybody who's young who's watching this, should you know, they should aspire to be like that, obviously. Absolutely. Um, now, the purpose, we're all Muslim, first and foremost. Yep. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And what I'm trying to figure out, and this is always a question that's been up for debate for me, um, is morality. So when is business... Um, when does it affect our morality and when should we put a stop sign or put a stop to 
business do you guys think um as far as like shady deals or shady people or etc that's an interesting question yeah um yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of scenarios where I've got approached with a lot of money, like everything from pumping dubs in crypto to OnlyFans management. There's a lot of money in both of those, right? Yeah. A lot. And it's just it's just a matter of kind of, again, like going back to our deen in Islam, it's just like, you know, once those opportunities come up, it's like kind of called black. It's like black money at the end of the day. If you, if you take it, you know, it's just going to burn your pockets up and kind of infect the rest of your wealth pool. Yep. And it's, it's just kind of hard, right? Especially if someone comes up to you with a $60,000 check, like, yeah. hey, take this for a pump and dump. It's hard to say. Extremely no. hard not to take it. Logan Paul. But I, I, feel like every, <laughs> I feel like everything comes back, though. Like, yeah. all that good. It's a good karma. It will come back later. It's just kind of um, mm, a few mm. things I've been approached with. Yeah. Mm. Um, completely agree. Same thing here. I think it, it it all will come back and bite you in the back uh, down the road. 50K might sound great right now, but, again, we're Muslims. We are raised a certain type of way. We have certain values, and sticking to it, and you know, keeping Allah pleased and happy down the road is always going to pay off. Even if it's you know times where you know you're involved in partnerships, and you know certain people want a certain amount of money from you, whatever it is. Like our religion is to just you know try and you know stay calm, stay calm, stay humble, and just do the right thing at all times. So even times where people owed me money. Or, you know, they want more than what they deserve. Whatever. Just let it be. Yeah. Inside, it'll come back around. It's just, that's our deen. That's just, that's just the way we are as Muslims. And, and it's all very temporary, too. I, I have, like, a, a crazy amount of stories where I had a goal. Yeah. I absolutely demolished that goal, yeah. as I do. And then once you reach it, it's just like, now now what? Yeah. yeah. Now what? What, what do I do? Yeah. I'm not going to name any exact names, but I had, a, I had a car that was one of my dream cars. Mm-hmm. Drove it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Right. Um, I did a deed for somebody. <clears throat> they gave it to me for a little while. Yep. And then as I was driving back home, because I was keeping it for a couple of days, I was just sitting there alone. I was like, this is it. Yep. Like, that. that's it. Yep. I mean, I, I, I drove it. My friends saw it. Everyone was, like, hyped about it. And yep. then, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it, it. That's it. And then, you know, it, it goes back to the question of happiness, too. Like, when, what is happiness if everything in this world, after you achieve it, is just meaningless? So... In my opinion, and I completely agree. I mean, Mo knows I had a Corvette yeah. at 19, and like in my head, I was like, "Oh my God, this is, that's it! After this Corvette, I'm gonna be the happiest kid ever. Yeah. Everyone's gonna see it." Like you said, literally after a week, I was just like, "See, this is such a yeah." I was like, "This is such a waste yeah. of money." I was like, what? First of all, it's a waste of money. Second of all, it was just like it was pleasing other people more than it was pleasing me. And then it got to the point where I didn't even want people to see me in that car all the time because it just felt like it was too flashy, it was too much. I was like. I didn't even want to be seen. Like I literally used to park in the side when when I first got. I used to park right out front, yeah. make sure everyone saw. It. Um, so one, it's just like all that material stuff. It literally disappears. Doesn't mean much. Um, like well, I like the, the most satisfied I've been or I am is when like I know I'm like doing the right things. Right? Like I'm praying. Yeah. I'm connected to Allah. I'm going to my gym. I prayers. I'm making my money in my business. I'm taking care of other people. Mo knows this. Mo's doing the same thing. But like. I could literally be making 100% of everything that I make, but instead I'm like, let me put some other people on. Yeah. Hire a couple people. So, like, taking care of people, doing good, you know, pleasing Allah, taking care of my family. Like, sending my dad a $10,000, you know, Zelle is so much more satisfying than any car you could buy. <coughs> any car. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's where happiness comes to me is, you know, being able to take care of my family and uh, being on my dean. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's exactly what you're saying. And then as as far as kind of being on your dean as well, it's essential, man. I mean, some of the people that once you reach a certain level of achievement, nothing matters anymore. You were you were younger. Uh, you're still young, but you you know everybody was still a, yeah. a lot younger back then. Yeah, and you know you were just excited for whatever day it was, your birthday or whatever it is, to get the surprise, to get the PS5 that you've always wanted. Yep. You get it, you play with it, you know, a couple of games, and it's like, whatever. So what? Yeah. Who cares? You, I'm sure you put in an order for that car. Yeah. Okay, you were excited for the next like week. Oh yeah. You were just you know pumped up. Pumped the fuck I'm up. Take over the world when I get this car. And yeah. then you got it, and it was like no. Yeah. So so the the yeah. thing is, my theory is that. Something outside of this world needs to be, you know, something that you cannot achieve needs to be your goal or something that you can't achieve in this world, which is why um, spirituality is huge. This is why the more spiritual people are happy because they haven't reached their goal yet. Everyone else, you see these billionaires sad as fuck sitting on their little yachts with a bunch of women who they don't even like. The women's, uh, the women, the women that are, you know, on the yachts and Jordan Peterson kind of, I'm quoting him a little bit. um, And I I did a post like this a while back. They can be like strippers or whatever, and he could be in debt, crazy in debt, sitting on this yacht, and you don't know where they're coming from, yeah, whatsoever. So what 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 has happened? And I know I asked this question last time too. I'm trying to hear it from from Mo actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's happiness to you? <clears throat> so happiness to me is just it's kind of like seeing my parents happy in a sense. Yeah. Right, that was like my peak of happiness. Again, all this yeah. like same thing with Omar. I had the nice car. I've driven them all. It's like, I'm, I'm a huge car guy. Like, I still get enjoyment out of it. And I both. But still, it's just like, you sit in the car after, like, a long day, you just kind of look around, and you're just like, what's what's next? Yep. Right now, what, what makes me the most happier, like, what keeps me motivated is building, like, a successful company that helps other people out, starting organizations and nonprofits that help out okay. other people. And kind of stay silent about that. Like, before, I'd always want to be loud about it and kind of just talk to everyone about it. That's, that's what brought me happiness when other people would congratulate me on things. But now it's like I've been having a lot more wins and keeping them silent. And I've been a lot happier after that because, like, I just checked that off as a little win for myself. And I'm like, all right, it's done. Like, this, mm. is, this is my accomplishment now. This is what I'm happy. This is, like, what I've always this wanted to do. And, like, no one else has to know. Yeah. And I've felt so much happier ever since Hell I've yeah. been starting to do that. You, you think if you were the last person in this world, you'd care about looking good? You're doing it for other people. Yeah, not at all. You're doing it for – I mean, even, even people who dress up – women and men, when they dress up and they look good, they're doing it for other people. Yeah. And then you spoke about happiness when, when building a company as well. Um, we have all built companies, okay? And we have all struggled building companies, yeah. all right? Um, my question at this point would be the difference between, I guess you could say, when, when do you have a business? When is it considered a business? Because you, you can get a little LLC, go on fucking ink file, type in all your shit. Five yeah. minutes, you have a business, technically. Yeah. When do you actually have a business? When you put in those hours, man. Like, once those 8, 10, 12-hour days start, you have a business rolling. Like, you don't necessarily have to be making five, ten thousand 10000 a month. You don't have to have an employee. You don't have to have it registered. It's like, once you start dedicating to one thing and just really putting your soul, not sole focus, but, like, really like taking care of that one thing that you're doing, yeah, it's a business starting to become a company, it's starting to come into fruition. Yeah, to mm. me at least. Yeah, okay. It's kind of similar to I think for me, it's like if you can. Well, my definition of creating a business and owning a company is if you can create a dollar out of thin air, you have a business. Yeah. If you can somehow convince someone to take their money and put it into yours, into your business account, you have a business. Whether you're making a dollar, five k, ten k, 
I think the moment you're making a dollar out of thin air by providing a service, product, whatever it is, you have a business. Mm. A business, dude, I don't know. A business for me, mm-hmm. I don't consider myself to have a business until I can establish scalability, be able to scale the model that I'm currently, that I have underway, yeah. and then B, be able to provi- provide and fulfill. Mm-hmm. Right? Amazon FBA Another example, you could provide and fulfill, yeah. but realistically, what's your margins on that? If you're selling 20 mil, what's your margins? I know 10%. you did it for a little bit. Huh? So low. It's like 10%. Barely. 10%. Yeah. So if you're selling 20 mil, you make 2 mil. Yeah. Realistically. And 20 mil is a lot. I know people that made less, you know, less than 10%. Yeah. Because by the time they fulfill and all, it's, it's just, can you repeat it multiple times? Yeah. And if you can repeat it, why are you selling a course? Showing people how to do it. That's Just true. repeat it again if, if it actually works. Yeah. Right? It's like teachers coming in and then and then trying to teach you a subject, but yeah. they're teachers at a school yeah. Yeah. teaching you business. Just go do business. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, I, I want to talk about sales too, because I know you guys are infamous. I know Omar is, you know, as a, as a real estate agent, he's fucking infamous as hell. Appreciate it. Um, one of the quotes, like you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. um, in the last podcast, you said about the that client comes first absolutely okay um my main thing is relationships over transactions there you go so if you can make the client feel like you're there for them if you can make them trust you if they know that you're genuinely just there to provide a service to them and you have their best interests in heart that's all it takes i think that's what sales is I, i i saw a recent video about like one of the like the most successful salespeople um was awarded from so many different organizations and like his main tactic and his he said the why he thought he was the best salesperson was he actually cared and he was like i was sympathetic towards my clients i smiled i listened i didn't push like i know guys even in my office they sell a lot of real estate they do well for themselves but they're very pushy they're very salesy and again everyone has their own way of doing things but for me even though I am in sales, obviously it's real estate sales. I, I say I'm a, I'm in a service based industry. I'm just here to provide a service to you, and do the best I can while doing it. Mm. And then it's always the loud people, <clears throat> in my yeah. opinion, that are the least wise. It, you know, the quiet ones. Yeah. When how many people do you know that you actually think are wise that talk a lot and speak about everything and continue to run their mouth? Nobody, right? Not a lot. Anyone, yeah. So uh, us, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm quiet in a sense. I'm quiet when it comes to business stuff, yeah. maybe, but. Um, those who just kind of like provide, yeah. and sit back, and try to take care of the clients before they even take care of the price, yeah. are kind of really good at sales. Practically, yeah. give us some tactics, though. This is what I'm curious to learn. Give us some psychological tactics. Provide value. It's like the number one thing for, especially from a marketing perspective, because he does real estate. But for marketing, <coughs> if once you provide value, like face front like when like the first thing you bring they respect you so much more and you actually care about their business that way because like if i come to you and give you some good pointers and give you like you know a whole to go to marketing strategy oh. before you even pay me a dollar it's just showing me that i actually care and i put in the time it just gets you a lot more connected with your clients before even signing a contract mm-hmm. absolutely so one thing's worked a lot with me yeah you know what really made me mad one time i was being sold i got on a so i had a friend um, he was on one of my podcasts too. His name is Joao. He knows this very well. I got on a call with him and he was supposed to sell me white label marketing. So he was like, I'll take care of the extra clients that you have. I was looking on focusing on another project and he just sat there and he was like, Hey, I told him initially I can't give him, you know, more than a certain amount of clients 
to take care of. He was like, this is the minimum. Okay. And I'm, I have, I'm like, this is the proof. I'm making this much. Why are you not selling me right now? And he was just sitting there and he was saying, you know, this is the minimum, this and that. I can, you know, help, you know, provide, help you, or I can help uh, and provide you value where you need to have value provided. Um, and he just wasn't selling me. So I'm like, why? I felt like, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I came back to him and now we are partners a little bit. We work together on a few things, but that's the thing that sold me. What sold me is him not telling me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I'm like, what, is this something with me? Yeah, it's like when a girl rejects. Is this something with me? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Did I ask you something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, literally, um, it's kind of same, similar in the sales world and on the real estate side of things. I mean, for me, it's like the way I work with a lot of buyers for the most part, and the way I can you know convert a random stranger who just met me into pretty much sticking with me and committing with me as a real estate agent for one of the biggest purchases of their entire life is you just show them that you're there for them. So. First time I'm there at a house, and if you're a real estate agent, this is a great hack for you. If you're showing a house, um, you're looking around the house, you see cracks on the, on the wall, you see that, you know, the um, the floors are coming off, or you can tell that the HOA fee is way too high for this area. Point all that shit out. Yeah, that ceiling is cracked. We might want to get that checked out. It could be a leak. Yeah, those floors are pretty messed up. The HOA in this area is, like, they'll be like, what the heck? Like, why is this guy, like, shitting on this house like yeah does he not want to sell this house and a lot of people don't understand this but like you're not there to sell them that specific house you're there to sell them the house that works for them right but they just think you're a salesperson you're sleazy because real people think realtors like car salesmen right they're just trying to push you a deal whatever it is so when you're coming in i'm shitting on the property they're just like like what else like tell us like what else is there like what else should we look out for i'm like well typically you want you know you want to know about your foundation your roof your hvac these are your main things and when you're really just there providing value to them showing them that you're not really there to sell them but just help them bro absolutely immediately like omar like like if there's any other homes you think would look great for us like we'd love to keep looking with you and after that first meeting that's like pretty much good to go from there it's like if i can get them to meet me in person the drop-off rate is very low after that. What, so, what percentage of your sales is referrals? Now, I would say sure. at least like sixty percent is referrals. And I've so, only so you're telling me you get more referrals than you get actual leads. That's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. really fucking insane. But that's the thing too. It's like right now I'm I'm doing a you know I have a client of mine that we bought a house a rental property for them in Frederick and I'm renting it out for her for free. You know what I mean? Like yeah. shit like that. Like when you do stuff like that and provide value and show them like, I'm here to be your lifetime realtor, right? Mm-hmm. Anything real estate, I'm your go-to guy. And you show them you're there for like, for life. I'm not just here for a one-off transaction, like a car sales. They, they will trust <clears throat> you forever. Like I have clients call me literally. Yes. Like two days ago, a client called me saying, Hey Omar, we're planning on selling. There are VA people. They bought their house with me two years ago during COVID crazy market. They want to sell it now. They're like, hey, this realtor actually pitched us on XYZ, but he didn't know that we were loyal to Omar. I was like, haha, that's funny. I'll get yeah. you guys comps and we'll get rolling. It's that simple. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And then you, do you have like a kind of a way to approach them? Okay, here's the magical question that yeah. nobody wants to answer. How do you get your leads? You don't have to answer this question. No, I'll answer it. Um, I'm not answering my question. Bro. Yeah, if anybody so asks me that, I'll tell them. I'm like, hell no. Yeah, I mean, so for me, as a real estate agent, the way I get my leads is a couple of different ways. The main one is Zillow. So I am, uh, my brokerage, my team is a Zillow partner. So pretty much anyone's inquiring on a property on Zillow, which is the platform a lot of people use to look up houses, Zillow, Redfin, whatever it is, and they hit request a tour, that phone number, that lead's coming to me. 
So I am getting a person that I already know wants to look at houses, wants to buy a house. So it's pretty much a warm lead after that. It's just on me to meet them in person and comfort them and make them want to work with me. So Zillow is probably one of my, one of my biggest, you know, lead referrals. Number two is I cold call a lot of expired. So I'm calling up expireds. I'm like saying, hey, pretty much saying, hey, I see your house was for sale. It's clearly not sold. What happened here? Obviously, there's better ways in the script that I use, and I could always share that with you. But they share with me their ping points. I'm like, hey, I have a couple off-market buyers that are actually interested in this. I don't want you to relist it just yet, but is it okay if I bring just a couple of my buyers over to see it? Absolutely. Let's say I actually do have a buyer. I bring them over. After that, if they want it, great. If they don't, I sit there. I'm like, hey, let's talk about a, a strategy to put your house back on the market and actually get it sold this so time. So do, do you usually have a buyer before you approach them? No. Okay. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, I mean, if I do, I probably do, honestly. Like, I, I'm sure I can always find you someone. Have a list, yeah, but I'm not going to take, like, a fake buyer for them. But, like, I'll, for once I know that it's available for me to show the house, I'll call up my buyers. Like, hey, there's XYZ house listed off market right now. We have an opportunity to go take a look at it. Do you want to go see it? So I'll always bring an actual buyer. But when I'm calling them initially, I'm calling like a list of 100 homes. You know, I'm not, I don't have a buyer for each of them at that moment. Mm -hmm. but yeah. So those are the two main ones. Um, and then social media is a huge one. I get a lot of leads from Instagram, TikTok. People think that leads aren't coming from there. A lot of leads are coming from there. Through ads or just? No, just organic. Just organic, I yeah. thought so. Yeah, so doing podcasts like this helps, you know? You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Anywho, <laughs> Mo, um, and then for you, I, as far as closing deals under the marketing agency, do you have a team or do you? It's all on me. I mean, usually it's, I just get on the meeting. It's like, again, build trust. When you get the value, it's just they, they just trust me off rip. And I have a lot of good people that back me up. It's like, hey, here's some projects I've worked on in the past. Check mm -hmm. them out. And that's helped me out a lot, honestly. It's when I show them those big names, like, oh, if he's working with them, you know, he could do the same thing for us. So that's, that was really my closing tactic. Be friendly. I give them value. I'm like, here's my past clients. And then just let it go. Follow up every, like, Do you know close on weeks. the call? I give it, I give it two, three weeks. Like it usually, cause my, all my clients are bigger. Like right now I only have three, they're each six figures each. And that's just the way I've liked to operate. Like, you know, I could have picked up a bunch of, you know, local businesses and stuff like that. But for me, it's just like, I'm trying to stick with those higher tier clients that I could have. A they pay better. Contract for. And they're less, they're less headaches. They pay better, less headaches. Absolutely. And then another thing is I've noticed with higher tier clients, even if you're not getting them the type of work that you should be getting them, they still keep you they still because go, yeah. it's like they have to implement you into their process first. And yeah. then once they implement you, it's, it's all so much harder to get rid of you. Yeah. 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 So it'll cost them money to start with a new get company. rid of you. Yeah. They'd exactly. rather just see you get better or whatever it is. Yeah. But then the small companies are like, eh, we'll just go with somebody else. Yeah. You know, one, one weekend after not seeing, after seeing two leads come in and so paying $200 for each lead, yeah. back, eh, they, they don't understand a lot of smaller companies too. They don't understand how, yeah. how much and, how difficult, no, I'm not going to say difficult, but how long it takes to get these leads. One way I avoided that was I always, like, educate the clients before. I'm like, here's our process. Here's what we're doing. Here's the expectations. Like, I never set the expectations sky high. I'm like, give this a month. Give this 60 days before you see any results. And I yep. do minimum contracts at three months. Because, again, like, I don't want them canceling out in two weeks because they saw two leads. Because maybe month two we get the ad creatives right. We actually get the right strategies, the right copy, yeah. the right audience. Then they see the influx of leads. Then. Yeah. So that's like a big thing for it's, me. It's a different world on my side. Like with Refitified, our, our marketing agency, social media marketing. For us, it's like since they can see the results right away because it's mostly content marketing, I don't do contracts. So we just like, hey, we actually don't do any contracts. You can cancel anytime. 
So that also makes it a lot easier for them to sign on because they're like, oh, I have no contract. But by the time they see the content we're producing for them and how much their brand is getting exposure and how great it is, they're like, they're not leaving. You know? they're so sold. Like two, yeah, two different sides of that. It's cool to see. Yeah. Mm. Sold, mm. Yeah. And then do you also count their conversion rates too? Do you, do you play around with that? Do you ask them how many of your leads actually convert? So I don't. That's actually why, you know, hopefully, you know, your boy Mo and, and I will be working together soon. That's something I'll probably leave to him. But for me, it's like I'm not I'm not a lead generation service. I'm not here to, you know, promise you X amount of leads, X amount of sales. I am literally just a social media marketing agency, content marketing, here to blow up your brand and show people like when people come, the first thing they do now is like they're looking up your Instagram. They're looking up your TikTok. Who are these guys, right? And it's just like social proof for a lot of it. And it's just organic reach for me, but I'm not tracking anything, all that stuff. But there's definitely value in that, which is why Mo would probably be like a huge value add. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm like actually the opposite. I'm just data-driven strictly, right? Especially with these bigger tech companies. Stuff. Mm-hmm. All they want to see does like for a company, for example, we generate 8 million views in like Jesus. a week. It was insane. We generate $1,400 off that versus an ad that got maybe 50,000 impressions and generated 150 k worth of revenue to that's them. different yeah. so it's just like different sides <coughs> of like our yep. worlds like you need the content side because if someone goes onto your website or like goes to your social media yeah. you have to have a clean social that gives you social proof it doesn't directly convert into a paid lead or like it generates revenue it could but it's like you'd have to track that from there to the google to everything where it just wouldn't make sense and again if he implemented that you make yeah. triple what you're making absolutely but it's again it's just a matter of really finding a balance because some of them don't understand it and they might not need it. Maybe they just want a clean social. Yeah. The question is, you know, how long could that last for? Because again, some local businesses, small businesses are driven by revenue. Like yep. They have tight margins. They have to make grant at the end of the month. But again, like Omar's prices are insane, right? For the quality he gives, yeah. should be getting 10 times more for what he gives. But yeah. again, he keeps them on for a reason. They're staying for a reason. Yeah. Zero churn rate. Exactly, bro. Six yeah. months, zero churn rate. Yeah. It's insane. <clears throat> I wish I could say the, the marketing agency. No, the, the only issue because it's, it's the smaller clients that yeah. give you the biggest headache. You know, the, the ones that are paying five hundred dollars rather than six thousand dollars are actually the ones that are the highest headache. Yeah. Um, and it's insane. You can, you know, the, the question that comes up a lot of the time is how much should I charge? Yeah. The answer is anything and everything. So whatever you want to charge, charge it. Just yeah. make sure to you know um, display the value based on the amount that's you know. The proposition amount, rather, but you can charge anything. Where do I start? Okay, my, the, the the service when I first started, I was charging a thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, per you know, for I think ten qualified sales calls at the time, I was charging a thousand dollars, and then I'm like, all right, I could do this easily. Yeah, there's people that are willing to pay higher, make it three thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, now my highest package is around five thousand dollars a month, and this is reoccurring. And all we got to do is just set appointments for them. It's yeah, as simple yeah. as that. I love um, and it's it's working and it's reoccurring and we're not having any issues whatsoever. But then when we had the smaller clients, yeah. I had a client pay me two hundred and fifty bucks and she asked for a refund. Two hundred and fifty what am I gonna do with that? Take it, bro. Just get it back. <laughs> yeah. Um and I mean that's that's the type of people that that you deal with. The ones who are higher paying. This is why high ticket sales is really important. Yeah. It's extremely important. I was selling a CRM, I was selling SaaS for a little bit. This guy knows. Yeah. Um got a couple clients in. Okay, but then I completely redid the whole entire model just because I had to go back to the drawing board every single time. And then when you did, when you started your agency as well, I'm not sure yeah. exactly what you do, yeah. uh, but you had to have gone back to the drawing board oh, yeah. 
you sure. know, at least 10, 13, 14 times Absolutely. until you got it right. Okay. Absolutely. Realtors are always good at videos and just content. Yeah, I think it comes now. That's how it started. I, started. I was doing it for myself, and then it popped off and was getting really good attention. I was like, and people I, were asking me to do it. I was like, I was doing it for free. Just like I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it for yeah. you. I'll do it for you. And then I was like, this is a whole freaking business. Um, yeah, content is everything. I had a person coming to me, and they knew they they knew I had a marketing agency, and they saw the videos that I could do, podcasts and everything. Yeah. And then she was actually a realtor. And we did some videos here. So she pulled up and I knew her. Yeah. And I was like, I'll, I'll do the video for you for free. Yeah. And then she was like, no, I can't let you do that. Whatever. She gave me money yeah. for it. And then she referred her friends to him. Like, don't, yeah. do, don't do that. Don't do that. Because I can record the videos. Yeah. I can edit just a little bit. Yeah. It's going to take me a little long for yeah. me to edit. Yeah. I can do all this. But would I rather spend, you know, three hours doing that yeah. or three hours closing, a, you know, yeah. a four grand deal? Send her my way. And her my way. I'll I'll, I'm so serious. Take Wallahi. care. Wallahi. All right. Dope. And I'll dope. get you the fat referral. Like any client you can bring to me that like wants Dude, I content. Too many. I have too many. Bro, we'll, we'll, we'll work out like some fire numbers, <sighs> but like that's my main thing. It's like for refitified at least. We talk about referrals for like lead sources for, you know, for uh, real estate, but for my, my marketing stuff, all word to mouth, all referrals. I charge them like 20 bucks. I was like, this is the absolute most. Like it was just it was a it was a friend realistically yeah, yeah. Um, but realtors you guys are on top of your video unless it's podcasts and you're a more and that's a different <laughs> yeah. story yeah. but you know you guys are on top of your videos too yeah. have you seen that South Park episode where I saw that, <laughs> that was so, bro yeah it was fucking hilarious yeah but either way you know as as far as you know what do you consider the secret sauce and this is a very vague term and I'm gonna ask you. What has worked for you the best? Spill the tea. Marketing-wise? Marketing-wise. Get, get a little more specific. Like, what about Okay, marketing? we're talking about ROI. ROI. Yeah. You have to build backwards. A lot of people have rough bases, and that really affects your ROI, especially when a company comes to you and it's like, oh, I just want Google Ads. And if you just straight up run Google Ads, you know, a lot matters, right? It's like, where are those, you know, where are those people coming from, first of all? Where are they landing to? Is that page optimized? After they land on that page, what do they get funneled into? There's so much more that has to go into paid ads than just, you know, just running Google, just just <coughs> management. That's where a lot of people fail. And that's where I've seen the most success when I take a company, kind of just rebuild. I scratch what they have already and I go from the bottom. I'm like, yeah. all right, let's let's focus on your base, focus on your Instagram, let's focus on your social presence. And then we'll just like work our way up this pyramid so you have a solid base. And then when you get to the top, instant ROI. That's so like been my biggest let, thing. Let's say hypothetically. I mean, I, I was sitting in this office. I was doing a little, um, and I advise everyone who's listening, watching, et cetera, to do this, to create a list of ways to get leads, as in take a little sticky notepad, yeah. put it on the wall, yeah. organic, yep. paid, yep. referrals, yep. Um, uh, affiliate, et cetera, right? You're putting all these things. Which one is actually or actually has the potential to get you 10x and which one is working now? Yeah. Because would you rather spend $1,000 on each or would you rather spend $10,000 on one yep. and get that full return yep. on the ROI? So if you're seeing a company that's struggling in organic social media presence, are you are you really going to address that or are you just going to tackle the ads and spend more money on the ads or is that just one service? Yeah, like I've said, it's like you have to attack the base, right? If that's a rough base, if it looks like bad, if their social media is just completely unset up or maybe you know they have a few posts but the graphics are terrible, We'd start there before even touching ads. You can do them in unison, but we just allocate some of that budget going towards ads back into the social media before we put the full budget 
into actual ads. Because I feel like that will affect everything else. Yeah. Because like, yeah. imagine you go to a nice ad and then you go on to their Instagram their to learn more about what they're it, like yeah. what they're about, and you just don't understand. Like, yeah. what is this? this? Doesn't look professional. They have thirty followers and they have yep. three posts. I'm not going to buy from there. Yep. Absolutely. But this is. I mean, we're talking strictly Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Ads, right? And then if we're doing TikTok and stuff like that, or even just Google, um, you're going to want to go on their page, yeah, obviously. Course, yeah. um, but obviously having a basis is important. Um, how long does it take you to get that basis? I mean, if, if a company just started out, when is a company ready to add, when are they ready to click start on running ads? Depends. Like one of my biggest, it depends on the size, of course, but one of the biggest companies I'm working for, it took them like four months to get a basis because they had to get professional videography. They had to get the yeah. branding guidelines on. They had to do a lot of things, but we still ran paid social. We did, it did very well because the content was very good to a point where it's when they clicked the ad, they got funneled into a specific funnel off the ad. So they wouldn't go onto the traditional website. They didn't go straight to the socials. They yeah. kind of followed through a specific funnel I created for it until everything else was ready until they can, you know, go explore on their own. Yep. Mm. Especially for sales. You want them to go immediately to where you want them to be at. You don't want yeah. them to be like, oh, look at this and look at that. Like, oh, yeah. People's attention spans are super low nowadays. Yeah. Fully agree. Fully agree. And then the question that comes up is, you know, how how much steps do you want them to go through before they become a hot lead, right? Before before they, um, let's say you're paying, you know, a dollar yeah. or a dollar and 50 cents, let's say, for every single lead to come in through your funnel. Let's say some of them don't even make it all the way through. So that lead is there. They submit that first form. Yeah. But then as they go through the other questionnaires, okay, and um, they don't book a calendar link, let's just say. So you're focusing, just so I can understand this better, you're focusing on the leads that are going fully through with the highest intention, not just leads. Because it scares me. When somebody's like, I'm going to get you leads, that really scares me because I, yeah. I don't care. If, I want qualified, ready to buy. Yeah. I don't want leads. Well, right? I, full circle, I mean, again, because most of my clients right now, some of them are real estate, some of them are tech. So, again, different industries require different types of leads. But for, for real estate, it's like, might take up to three months for them to make a decision. Yeah. So retargeting is a huge thing. Like, of oh, course, yeah. we want to get the most qualified oh, yeah. leads, Absolutely. but out of like 120, maybe like three of them were extremely high quality, but we had 120 form submissions. So those people have to be nurtured into like something called drip campaigns. So maybe they get emails, they get another ad targeted, yep. specifically giving them more information on what they just clicked on, right? So imagine mm -hmm. you see an ad saying, you know, buy a home now. And then the second ad you see is a little more information in detail about that ad you just saw two days ago. So yeah. retargeting is huge again because you don't want those people slipping through. Right? Yeah, it takes it takes <clears throat> for high ticket offers at least it takes around five to seven touch points. Yeah. they have to see you again and again because if I if I when I saw Omar the first time, right, I was like, all right, somewhere. But then when I as, as I continued to see him, yeah. I got more and more comfortable okay. with him. Yeah. yeah, right. So it takes multiple touch points for you to get Absolutely. comfortable with somebody. You're not going to see Joe Schmo selling you a course and then yep. you just buy it right away. It's exactly. absolutely impossible. That's why, you know, the even the automations that we run are hugely important. Yeah. Because you're going to get these, hey, watch this video. Hey, this is free. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to re-engage them so that when they join that call, they know exactly who they're speaking to. They know exactly how important we are. And they know exactly when they're ready to get started, which is hopefully now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we even ask, like we have forms where we ask, are you ready to invest now? If they say no, if they say anything less than the average number that we want, out of here. Yeah. Bye. It's funny you mentioned that, yeah, because again, like Omar knows, like I can't name the company, but a yeah. lot of agents see like their ads over and over again. Again, some of them are not interested, but we've seen 
a lot of consumers that saw our ads on Facebook yep. never interacted. But they, when they go onto Google and they search up, you know, key terms that we, you know, beat the bush around and they see your ad at the top, like, oh, I've seen these guys on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Let me click on this like yep. link because we we're kind of warming them up to be to convert later down. So maybe it's they might not interact with the Facebook ad, yeah. but they'll interact with the Google ad. Absolutely. Maybe they'll interact with that. They'll interact <coughs> with the YouTube ad. So we're everywhere, by the way. This one company, we're like, their budget's insane. So we're yeah. really like, everywhere you go, you'll see us. If you click our ad once, like, we're not escaping you. Like, you yeah. can't escape us. Yeah. And it works. I'm right now seeing the Iman Ghazi ads for some fucking reason. I watched, <laughs> yeah. I got curious. I watched, like, halfway through the ad. That was the biggest mistake of my whole entire life. That's all you Every spend, single yeah. ad that I get. Do you know why you're not a multi-million? I don't care, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's crazy what retargeting does, too. And people think that sales is just you see a person. Like, how many times do you see a client before you actually sell them? How many times do you speak with them? How many times do you text them? Well, communication, like, insane amount of time. So that's hard to, to, to track, but a lot. But I, I would say at least, like, I'm showing them at least an average of four to six homes before they actually buy with me. A, a day or just? No, in general. In general. It's four to six homes. Like, okay. four to six trips so like as in like it could be one day i'm showing them seven houses but like four to six times i'm going to see them no matter how many houses i'm showing them before they actually mm -hmm. buy. what was your most bizarre client experience <laughs> um i had a client that called in um it was actually one of my highest sales i had a client that called in very rude on the phone just like hello is this house for sale i was like yes like how can i help you this so like didn't even let me finish my introduction um, he's like, I'm flying in tomorrow, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Um, can you pick me up from the airport? I was like, what airport? He's like, um, the hangar at, at uh, Dallas, whatever. He gave me uh, the, the, the name. And I thought this was like a bullshit person because a lot of those leads come in, just like some scam or whatever it is. They just and need a free ride back yeah, home. Yeah, I just need a free ride back home. So he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll see you there tomorrow. I was like, um, you know, like, do you have any questions? He's like, no, I just want to see it. And this was like a two, like one point nine, almost two million dollar condo. I had a three thousand dollar a month condo fee, so like that take a lot. So then I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm not even gonna waste my time. I'm not gonna go. But something told me to just go. And like obviously, if I thought this was an actual client and that price point, I would have you know came with a full car service, yada yada. Pulled out the full you know red carpet for them. I pull up in my two door Audi S five. Um, and I pull up, I'm waiting, and then I get a call from this guy. His name is M. Let's call him M, right? And he goes, are you here? And where I go is a private jet hangar. Like, um, I forget what the, what's the company called that, um, that has, like, the private jet? It's like a jet something, whatever. It's a, it's a, a, like yeah, it's in Dulles. Like, it's a Dulles um, <coughs> airport for private jets. Mm -hmm. And he goes, is that you outside in the black car? I'm like, no, I'm the white car. And he's okay, I'm coming out. So Amanda's coming out with, like, some old guy carrying his bag. Yeah. The guy is, like, an old dude. Um, I introduced myself. I was like, you're Omar. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, good. Like, I could tell you. I was like, damn, like, kid's young or whatever. But yeah. introduced myself, put my his stuff in my in my trunk, barely have any space. It's two-door. He gets in the car. We're just talking it up. This guy owns about, like, 27 of the largest accounting firms. We see the condo. It was at the wharf in D.C., Beautiful place. Beautiful place. We see the condo. He literally there for like five minutes. For some reason, he asked me about the floors, if they're like soaked up. Like some crazy question about the floors. Like I'll yeah. find out about it. He goes, okay, cool. I'll call you in two weeks. Never heard from this guy. Get a call like maybe three weeks later. He goes, let's put an offer. What do you think is a good price? So I just said, I was like, let's come in like 50K under asking. He's like, go ahead, do it. Sent him the offer. Signed immediately. 
had a little back and forth with the sellers and two days later we we're under contract one of the biggest deals closed in six days was a cash deal yeah he sent me his fidelity account proof of funds of like i would say i think it was like 60 million something like that. Wow. for the craziest Jeez. money i've seen like actually <clears throat> in someone's account yeah um so that's probably the most bizarre craziest transaction biggest transaction best transaction i've had okay yeah if you would do it again and again see so now you know to just kind of take the leap of faith every yeah. single time yeah take go to any like literally my thing right now is if especially for a new agent do anything if it's a hundred thousand dollar deal if it's a bullshit sound like, just do everything you're bound to get lucky yeah the more you like it's like it's like the more you put in at some point you will get lucky i don't mm. know if you want to call it luck but yeah you will get lucky Okay. Yeah. 1.9 mil. Yeah. This one put 50k under ask. It's bro, crazy. nothing yeah. on a 1.9 mil. It's crazy. Home. I'm like, bro, what the heck? Um, but you got it though. You yeah. Secured yeah. the shit out of it, bro. Locked it in. And that led to insane amount of other deals that came from it. But then also just like confidence wise, it's like in my head, I'm like, bro, sort of 1.9 million dollar condo in DC, like <laughs> it's pretty high luxury price point out here. I can sell anything. So and that was when I was 19. Yeah. I was literally 19. I had a crazy afro. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, like, I, like I, obviously, I'm dressed in my suit. My suit is already too big for me. Like, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Hey, so. Who the hell is this kid? Yeah, literally. I was like, you know, there's no way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, bro. So yeah. it, was, it was a good time, but that was probably the craziest one. What about you, Mo? I feel like a lot of, like, the clients I have right now are just all from, like, extraordinary, like, scenarios. But, like, the craziest one was, like, I accidentally met, like, this multimillionaire, like, kind of changed my life like one of the biggest guys that kind of pivoted in my life was his name sammer yeah. this is another guy i'm not going to mention his name because like we actually signed an nda together but we yeah, like, yeah. we do business together when i met this guy at starbucks and i was just working at barnes and nobles you always see me there like it's my work spot. before it was like my work spot my yeah, go-to yeah. spot and he comes up to me he's like i always see you here what do you do it's just like this older guy i was like oh you know i'm trying to do digital marketing this that this is around a year and a half ago and i was like trading stocks at the time too so i'd always have charts up He's like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 17. And he was just like, okay, tell me more about what you do. I started explaining him stocks, gave him some tips. Cause like that back then, like, you know, I was actually hitting all my plays. I was green every day. Now it's not the scenario, but you know, back <laughs> yeah. then I was just making good plays and I gave him a play. He comes <clears throat> back to me like two weeks later. He's like, oh, I just made $200,000 off this play. I'm just like, what? Like, who are you? And like, we sit yeah. down and he's like, showing me this thing, slips me a check of like 20 G's. He's like, use this to jumpstart your, your, you just jumpstart your marketing career and use this to like put into your Fidelity account, just invest it. Like, I can't take this, this, that. And then after like that whole interaction I took, I mean, he forced me to take it. He made 200 Gs. He showed me, I was like, you know what? I'll take this. And I'll make him commission. Okay. 10% yeah. commission, commission for existence. Yeah. All right, and, go ahead. And I look at his stuff and he had no socials, but I found his LinkedIn. This man had a rep sheet of just these huge consulting companies yeah. back to back to back for like the past like 30, 40 years. And we're still in touch now, but that was like one of like the craziest scenarios. Like, again, like I always like, whenever anyone asks me for help, I just help them out no matter who they are. If they're like younger than me, older than me, if they're annoying, if I don't like them, I generally don't care. I don't yeah. take it personally. If someone will take kind of their pride down and ask me for help, like you have to kind of put your pride down a little bit to ask yeah. someone for help. So she gave him some assistance, gave him some like just guidance of what I knew and like kind of my field at the time mm -hmm. and it paid back. So I think that was maybe like one of the most yeah. surreal experiences to me because I just never saw it coming. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For sure. Any, any last remarks from you guys? We're going to end up wrapping it up here. I appreciate you guys coming. Of course. As Thank always. Thank you for having us on. Dude, fucking amazing guest so far. 10 out of 10. 
Um, yeah, socials, if you want to, you know, real estate, real estate marketing type of content like that, Omar Rashid, O-M-E-R-R-E-S-H-I-D underscore. That's all my platforms, Instagram, TikTok. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for having us. This was of great. Course. Keep dogging it as always. And until we'll next do. time. We'll do. Let's kill you. Yeah, all my socials just Mo Bambi um, on everything. And it's never too late to start. Never think it's like you're 20. It's like, I can't start now or you're too young. Just do it. Yep. Like, just plant the tree early. The tree's going to grow eventually. It's like the faster you like you plant the seed, the faster you're going to get to where you want to be. Just always remember that. Absolutely. For sure. Link in description. All socials. Thank you. Thank you.